When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, November 5th, day one of the ITA National Fall Championships officially in the books. If you have not already, come join us and follow all of the action on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll be covering the event from first ball to last here, Friday through Sunday, as we go from our round of 16 all the way through our championship matches, of course. Wasn't exciting. Day one of play, a day that featured a healthy amount of upsets across the board. And of course, what I want to do on today's show is recap all of those upsets, talk about the most impressive performers on the day as well, the players that stood out, at least to eye my the my eye, the eye-popping results as well, and so much more. Of course, before I do that, I do just want to take a moment to thank all of you listeners, thank our Crack Rackets Patreon family, without whom these daily episodes would not be possible. Of course, I also have to offer thanks to our friends over at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. Best equipment, best prices, all in one location. Tennis-point.com. You use our promo code CR15. Not only will you let them know we sent you there, you'll get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty. The tennis balls, excuse me, of course, again, that's tennis-point, the symbol, not the spelling, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that said, let's get into the action. We saw unfold on Thursday was a splendid day of play. Round of 32 in singles, round of 32 in doubles, of course. It's always exceptional to get the chance to see 32 of the top men's and women's singles and doubles players across the country all compete in one location. We're on the search for that next Cam Nori, right? That next Danielle Collins, as there have been so many players of late that have gone from the college ranks and immediately experienced success on the pros. Yesterday, a couple of standout performers, some of them freshmen, I think we have to keep keep our eyes on here in 2022. Let's start with the upsets on the women's singles side. Two freshmen in particular were exceptional throughout the course of the day. I want to start with freshman Connie Ma of Stanford. She knocks out seventh-seeded Snow Han of USC. Straight set victories for Ma, 6-3-6-1. Oh my goodness, does tennis come easily? to the Stanford freshman, and it's easy power for her off both wings, forehand, backhand side. There's a fluidity to her game as well. It feels like even if her opponents hit the ball a little bit bigger than her, even if they have a size advantage, her ability to absorb, redirect that pace off of both wings, it's special stuff. And given how much college tennis we watch here at Crack Rackets, I like to think we know it when we see it. You can see it with Connie Ma right away. She is going to fit like a hand in a glove into that Stanford line. Lineup and, you know, it was a disappointing day. I don't know if it was disappointing. It was a tough draw for another Stanford freshman, Yepa Fanova, who ends up dropping a straight set affair on the day. But, I mean, again, with Connie Ma, who ends up earning a doubles victory with Angelique Blake as well, three set victory there. 
I know the Cardinal had a down year in 2021. They didn't reach the round of 16. That's only like the third time that's happened since 1985, but I think they're in for a bounce back season here this year. And for Connie Ma, again, there was just nothing Snohan could do. She never found her rhythm throughout the course of the match. Felt like she made a bit of a push towards the end of that first set, but then Connie Ma came out firing at the start of the second. And even if Connie Ma's serve leaves a little bit to be desired, and it definitely does because the ball certainly will sit up on the second serve. It's her footwork around the court, her speed. Again, she beats you to the spot. She's got that quick twitch athleticism where the ball just explodes off of her racket. I was a big fan of Connie Ma's performance on day one, and now she probably plays our match of the day on day two as she's going to take on UNC's Fiona Crawley. Of course, Crawley undefeated last season in the back half of the lineup for the Tar Heels. She'll be expected to make up jump up this year as the Tar Heels try to replace that trio of Davitella, Graham, and Jones. Was a good win for Crawley. Struggled at first, but found a rhythm. 3-6-6-2-6-1 victory over Sophia Carrington of LSU. But again, I, I want to stick with the upsets first. Connie Ma was probably my most impressive performer of the day, and it's worth remembering she ripped through her ITA regional belief. She didn't drop a set before knocking off her teammate Yepafanova in the final. Still has yet to drop a set during this process as well. The win over Snohan. Keep your eye on that Ma Crawley matchup on day two. But of course, some of the other upsets we saw on the day. I don't know if this one counts. Arena Cantos Ciamers of Ohio State, who was a quarterfinalist at the ITA All-American. Super successful. I think she won about 70% of her matches last season playing number one for the Big Ten champion, Ohio State Buckeyes. She earns a three-set win over number eight seed, Ayanna Ackley of South Carolina. But again, that was a pick a match. 6-3-4-6-7-5. Brutal draw for both players. I don't consider that a poor performance at all for Ackley. That's just a testament to, again, the fight of Irina Contos-Ciamers, whose lefty game you recognize right away. And I know, should have probably said this at the top, we do apologize for all the issues with the scoring yesterday, some of the issues we had with our red zone stream. We hope to have those fixed here on day two. If not, we've got some solutions in the meantime to make it a better viewing experience for all of you at home, but you know, one of the matches we were able to follow at the start was the Kanto CMR's Ackley match, and it was a physical slog. It was a battle. It's exactly what you'd expect from two players who absolutely have top 25, top 20, maybe even better potential here in 2022. And of course, you look for South Carolina, another one of those notable results for them on the day. ITA All-American champ Sarah Hamner, the freshman, exceptional in her run to that title about a month ago. She got pushed in her match on day one. Three-set result for her against Elza uh, Tomase of Tennessee, ultimately Hamner. And this was my first time getting to see her play. The firepower is quite evident. She's got weapons on both wings. Great at taking that ball early on the rise as well. I don't think she's quite the mover that Connie Ma is, but she's definitely got more firepower, can just a little bit more, you know, panache, I suppose, on that ball from the baseline. And, you know, again, it, it was really fun to watch her play, to see the frustration she expressed after dropping that second set. And she went down 5-2 in the second, was able to, you know, narrow that gap a little bit, make it a 6-4 set, force Tomase to, ser- you know, breaks her once and forces her to serve it out again. But it was a great service game from Tomase to hold 4-6-4. Hamner came out swinging, though, in the third. It was an aggressive, you know, swing, but it was a controlled swing as well. I'm just, I'm a fan of her game. Again, she even in a tournament that doesn't feature Emma Navarro, doesn't feature Peyton Stearns, doesn't feature Janice Chen of Pepperdine, 
Sarah Hamner's here to play, folks. She is going to be at the top of women's college tennis this season, and we have to take notice of South Carolina as such because when you have a force like that, like Ackley as well, at the top of your lineup, I don't care what three through six like it looks like. You are going to compete against just about anyone. So it was fascinating to see her play some of the other notable results on the day. Cam Mora of UNC expected to probably jump into that number one singles position Tough loss for her on the day. Great fight. She was down a set and a break to FSU's Petra Huel. Uh, Huel in the end, though, 6-1, victory over Mora. That match was, you know, about three hours on the day, but, you know, certainly an exciting one to watch. Some of the other notable ones, just quickly— what a win for Selma Ewing. Three sets over Kylie Collins. Collins comes out swinging in that first set. Just, you know... Ewing wasn't prepared for the pace of the serve, the explosion of the forehand, the tenacity with which Kylie Collins played, but Ewing was exceptional in making adjustments, ended up finding that Collins backhand, ended up flipping the script of the rallies. It was Ewing being the aggressor, Ewing moving forward to the net, Ewing forcing Collins to either be on her back foot or forced her to be aggressive in difficult positions of the court just to try and do something to change the rhythm of the rally. Great fight from Kylie Collins at the end of that third set to force you, you know, she was down 5-2 as well, forces Ewing to serve it out again at 5-4, but Ewing's able to get the job done. She earns a three-set victory. That was a nice bounce back for the Trojans considering, you know, again, she had fallen, uh, considering Snohan had fallen in that same time period to Connie Ma. By the way, the person who knocked out Yepafanova was another USC-Stanford battle. It was Aaron Cayetano, uh, the, I believe, semifinalist at the ITA All-American straight set win over Epifanova. That was an impressive performance by a seed. Abby Forbes, 0-0 in her first round victory. Just reminding everyone why she could very well be the top player in college tennis this season. Daria Freeman, a 6-1-6-2 victory. The two seed out of Princeton who didn't have a chance to play uh, the ITL American because there was no pre-qualifying this year. And that's worth mentioning because had she played that event, very likely would have had success in it. You don't just show up as a number two seed for no reason. Daria Freeman, a name to watch throughout the course of the weekend. Uh, Again, she's got a matchup today against Tennessee's Rebecca Mertena, who earned a three-set victory over first-time Iowa State regional champion uh, Tessa Pornaclo. Of course, that was a fantastic match. Super fun one for us to watch the ending of on our stream. In the end, though, Mertena, the victory. The other upset I didn't mention, I didn't have much of a chance to see this one as it was not on one of our play courts, but hell of a win. From Georgia's Mel Riasco, the freshman 7664 over number four seed Pepperdine's Lisa Czar, who had been on fire this fall and has lost, I think, fewer than five college matches in her career thus far. Again, you're trying to replace Katarina Jokic at Georgia this season. And while that was never while that will never happen, you can never replace someone like Jokic. You bring back Kowalski, you bring back Liam Ma, you bring in players like Riasco. I'm starting to believe more and more in this Georgia team in 2022. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm not going to read every result. I think I got them all pretty much. Shout out to Ab- Abigail Diasetnikov. Uh, I'm going to butcher that every time. San Diego native. She earns a win on her home courts. Big win from Riley Tran was down set points. Natasha Subash served for it up 5-4, had a set point chance. Deuce point. Tran gets the break, earns a 7-6-7-5 victory. Again, you're trying to replace Davitella, Graham Jones. You get wins from Crawley. You get wins from Tran. You know what Scotty and Mora can be. Obviously, they've got depth. They've got recruits. 
UNC is here to stay, folks, and it's going to be fascinating to see Riley Tran. Another, another tricky matchup for her. She takes on Iowa's Alexa Noel. Noel, the ITA All-American finalist. Two and two victory for her over Princeton's Vicky, who that's an impressive win on its own. Noel Tran, exciting matchup. Hamner Ewing tomorrow, all in on that. I mean, there are a bunch of good ones here. Round of 16 is when the action starts to heat up, folks. So again, you don't want to miss out on any of it. You should follow along with us on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. But of course, that's where the women's singles are after day one. Let's pivot now to the men's singles action. First time for me to see Washington's Clement Chittick on the number one seed to 6462 win over arguably the best name in men's college tennis, Tad McLean of Auburn. The game comes easy to Clement Chittick and just his ability to absorb, redirect pace, move forward. All the swings are condensed, good juice on the serve. It's just a very smooth game. And you can tell unless you've got the big weapons to press him, he's going to eventually break you down. He's not going to commit that unforced error. He's going to absorb, redirect. It's not, you know, blow you away pop, but it's, you know, it's not six feet behind the baseline tennis either. He is on top of the baseline, taking the ball early. He's just a a good tennis player. I don't know how else to describe it. Clement Chittick can play, folks. I'm trying to think of a a comparison from over the years, a guy who's just smooth off of both wings, uh, but doesn't have that overwhelming weapon. I would say that's Chittick right now. Again, very few vulnerabilities in his game. I was impressed with his 6-4-6-2 win. I was impressed with the win we saw from Arthur Ferry, 3-3 from the number two seed out of Stanford over Oklahoma freshman Jordan Hassan. But, you know, speaking of Oklahoma, Big win on the day for Oklahoma's Mason Byler. Probably the match of the day. Three sets over Wake Forest. Taha, Bailey, by, uh, Taha Body, excuse me, match of the day on the men's side. Uh, in terms of the upsets, you only had one in men's singles yesterday. It was by Alafiaini of Cornell. And that is, of course, absolutely worth taking note of as we haven't seen Ivy League play in over two years or a year and a half at this point. And so we had forgotten Alafiaini was one of the top recruits in the country when he chose to go to Cornell. And of course, he's a guy who's played plenty of pro events over the past 18 months in lieu of playing college tennis. And he's had success as he's done so. And what was so impressive about Alafia's performance, uh, knocking out number, I believe, eight, uh, six seed, excuse me, Gabriel Diallo of Kentucky was just the aggression he played with because, of course, Diallo's six foot seven. He's going to hit the big serve, hit the big forehand, try to work his way to the net, keep points quick. Quite frankly, Alafia was just better at that game plan than Diallo was. It was Alafia incorporating the serve and volley. Alafia taking big cuts on the return of serve, just looking to be aggressive, looking to not allow Diallo to be on his front foot, and he succeeded in those aspects of the game. And now Alafia is going to take on the aforementioned Mason Byler, who played a three-hour marathon yesterday against Taha Badi. Lafayette will can very likely find himself in the quarterfinal round of this event, and of course, after that, he would potentially face number three seed August Holmgren, who was excellent in a six one six three win over Jeffrey von der Schulenberg. The serve plus one forehand combo of number three seed uh, and San Diego native University of San Diego Austin Holmgren, I should say, uh, it might be the best serve plus one. It might be the single biggest weapon in men's college tennis, and that's including guys who aren't playing this week like Cannon Kingsley. I guess Adrian Boitan is Adrian Boitan. That's a discussion for a different time, but Holmgren's right there with those guys is what I'm saying. And, you know, again, he looked like a man, and at times he made the doc, Jeffrey von der Schulenberg, Virginia sophomore, look like a boy. And it was just, again, that's a testament to the development of Holmgren, who played such aggressive front foot tennis. And yeah, he's in San Diego, home turf, home conditions, but he made the most of that impressive 6-1, 6-3 victory for the number three seed. 
Win of the day seed-wise probably goes to J.J. Tracy, who was down a set and a break for the majority of that second set as well against Juan Carlos Aguilar of TCU. In the end, Tracy, 4-6-7-5-6-1 victory. The kid grinds. And again, his combination of speed, ability to turn defense to offense, his ability in the outer thirds of the court— Guy's a winner, and uh, considering the Buckeyes aren't going to need him at the top of the lineup because they do bring back Kingsley, and they do bring in Mate Votes, so a very impressive three-set win over Andrew Zhang of Duke. Zhang also, by the way, impressive on the day in his performance, but, I mean, Tracy, does he jump Trotter? Does he jump Boulay? Does he, you know, try to, you know, is he the number three guy now behind Votesel, behind Kingsley, or do you try to sneak him in at five, six singles? Because if you can do that, you know, throw him behind Van Emberg, throw him behind a James Trotter, that Ohio State lineup looks scarier and scarier with every passing day. And of course, you know, they swept the ITL Americans in doubles. And yes, number two seed Boulay and Trotter ended up losing their first round match. We'll get there momentarily, but That Ohio State team is on the short list. They are national championship contenders this season, particularly if the form of J.J. Tracy continues as such. You look elsewhere across the course of the day. I thought it was an upset. Alexa Buchan of Arkansas, 7-5-7-6 win over Columbia's Alex Kotzen. It was, you know, they were playing in the windiest, I would say, time of the day, and the forehand slice of Buchan just got to Kotzen. Too many unforced errors on approach shots. You know, Kotzen, it felt like he hit the more dynamic ball. It felt like he was the more aggressive baseliner, and yet, you know, again, Buchan made that one extra shot each and every rally that eventually would draw the Kotzen error. Super impressed with the Razorbacks' performance. Fantastic victory for him. Great comeback from behind victory for Pepperdine's Andrew Rogers. 4-6-6-3-6-1. He knocks out Franco Cabalbo of Utah. Look, Rogers is going to be expected to play in the top half of the lineup. It's going to go Daniel DeJong 1, probably Rogers number 2 for the Waves. And compared to Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Virginia, probably still a little bit below those group of players, unless Rogers makes a big jump. And, you know, if Pepperdine wants to compete with that group, they need the best version of Andrew Rogers. He's got an opportunity on day two as he's going to take on number one seed Clement Chittick. But again, uh, that's a nice win for Rogers. Down a set, but he he was the more aggressive. He had the bigger weapon. His, just the assertiveness he played with. That's what you want at the top of your lineup. A guy who's going to play on his terms. That's what Rogers did. This was a great victory for him. And again, that's a big question for Pepperdine. They've got about eight guys, but, you know, two through four, two through five and doubles. Can the meat of their lineup compete with the best in college tennis? That's a question we will see answered during this dual match season. Andrew Rogers going to be a big component of that answer. You look elsewhere, speaking of James Trotter, he fell on the day to Ole Miss's Finn Reynolds. Reynolds 4-4 four four victory. Of course, Reynolds with the graduation of Tim Sancullen going to be the guy now for Ole Miss this season. He's definitely got it in him. Finn Reynolds is as experienced as anyone in college tennis, so that's a good victory for him. And Reynolds, Holmgren, veterans, aggressive veterans. That match should be exciting on day two. You look elsewhere, 2021. ITA fall national champion, national fall champion, excuse me, Trey Hildebrand. Three-set win for him over Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss's Nikola Slavic. He now matches up with number five seed Monte Votso, who, as I mentioned, uh, mentioned, escapes against Duke's Andrew Zhang. Keep an eye on Duke. Could be sneaky good year for the Blue Devils. Much needed, and I know I've harped on this over the past couple of pods, but just keep an eye on Duke. I think this could be a big bounce back year for the Blue Devils. It was a big bounce back for Georgia Tech's Andreas Martin. Three-set win over Pepperdine's Pietro Fellin. Again, if Pietro Fellin can fill in four or five singles and win 60% of his matches, two-thirds of his matches, Pepperdine goes from top 35 team 
to top 25 team, maybe even top 20 and in the hunt for a seed come the NCAA tournament. That was a good uh, performance for Felling, but better win for Andres Martin, who that was my first time watching. Kyle Edmund asked on the forehand, and I just like the aggression he plays with. Going to need all of it as he takes on number four seed USC Stefan Dostinik, who looks healthy and I think is going to win this event. 6-1-6-4 win for Dostinik over Kentucky's Musatelli. You look elsewhere. First time for me getting to see the lefty out of Hawaii, the name of the ITA All-American, Hawaii's uh, All-American semifinalist, Andre Illigan. 4-1 win for him over Regalado of CSU. He's now got Denver's James Davis here on day two. If you're asking me my best matches in the men's singles portion, I'd say Baylor Svenlaw, who earned an 1-0 victory over Columbia's Max Westball, taking on Arthur Ferry. I think that's must watch. Martin versus Dostinich, must watch. And then uh, probably go, yeah, Hildebrand Votzel. That's a good one. Ieni Byler, all good ones again. Round of 16 action. No bad matches throughout the course of the day. Come join us on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Quickly on the doubles because it was a little bit trickier for us to follow this action given the struggles on our track tennis. Uh, excuse me, on our tennis ticker. And shout out to our friends at Track Tennis, our friends at Tennis Ticker for helping make all this coverage possible. I know we're working, again, to fix all of these things moving forward. I thought the Wake Forest duo of Bryland and Killingsworth looked very good, but the Old Dominion duo, uh, the finalists at the ITL American Cessna Sky and Starbatseva, I love the aggression they play with. They are clearly in sync. Their movements at the net. When one's crossing, the other's shifting to cover the open court. And just they're trying to press forward. They're on a string. And it was a tricky match for them. Three-set win over MS, an MSU duo of Petrovich and Lewis. Uh, but they were impressive. They're the real deal. They, again, that given the first time getting to see them, they are that good. They're going to be in the mix at the top of women's college tennis doubles-wise, I think, throughout the course of the year. Speaking of teams that will be at the top, Makarova, Goldsmith, escape with a three-set win. Czar, Flores, escape with a three-set win. Collins and Shavatapan of Texas were down an early break in their first set, but they ended up, uh, you know, finding their form. They cruised to a straight set victory. A lot of three set matches on the day in doubles. You got wins, you know, Subash Munera, three set win. Uh, I mentioned uh, Blake and Ma, three set victories as well. Uh, you know, the, the big takeaway, I suppose, from day one on the women's side, no upsets from the seeds. All eight advanced to the round of 16, and so we'll get to see all of them compete here on Friday night. Of course, you look on on the men's side, only one upset on the day was your number two seeds, ITA All-American finalists Trotter and Boulay. They lose a 10-5 third set breaker to Sheen Malovsky. Third set breakers are brutal in doubles. That's a close result. That sort of thing happens. But, you know, again, things will only stay tougher for Sheen Malovsky as they now have the last year's number one doubles duo from Texas, Elliot Spaziri, taking on CM Waldeeb. Elsewhere, again, all the top seeds advancing. I thought Fenty and Aaron Schneider of Michigan particularly impressive in a 2-4 and four victory. Votzel, Cash, they're the real deal. Schneider, Banthia of Wake Forest was fun to see Sid the Kid Banthia in a veteran's role and the aggression he played with. They have an upset alert, though, on day two as they're taking on Baylor, Sven Law, Finn Bass. Sven Law's got it, folks, and that he's going to be playing three singles for Baylor, maybe lower, depending on how good the number two junior in the world, their new recruit, is coming in. Scary, scary thoughts, but you already know how good the Baylor Bears can be. You know, it was a two-win day for Andre Martin. He and McDaniel, the number three seeds, get a five-and-two win as well. Dostinich Rubel, two wins on the day. Hildebrand gets a couple of wins on the day. Ferry gets a couple of wins on the day. Votzel gets a couple of wins on the day. It was a fun day one of the ITA National Fall Championships. And again, you can follow all of the action with us 
each and every day over the next three days of competition on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll be covering the event from first ball to last, trying to incorporate our red zone coverage whenever possible, but we may adjust, go with a single court broadcast to, again, provide the best viewing experience for all of you tennis fans. Of course, with all of that said, a shout out to super producer Daniel Westhoff, who's been killing it on the ones and twos, continues to do so each and every day. With all of that said, a shout out to our friends at Tennis Point as well. Remember, tennis-point.com, the Promo code is CR15. But with all of that said, for our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, our friends at Tennis Point, from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.